Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of It's Brewing at McEwen, a USF baseball podcast. I'm your host, Mark Giardino, and today I'll be joined by my two co-hosts, Matthew Giardino and John Kaplan. We're really excited to bring you today's show, which includes a visit from Bulls senior first baseman and outfielder, Daniel Cantu. Today's show is our first show that we're doing as an official partner of the Fowler Avenue Collective, which is an organization that is helping USF student-athletes obtain opportunities to capitalize on their NIL. We recorded our show today live with members of the collective who were able to ask questions and be a part of the show. If you're not a member of the collective yet, be sure to check out FowlerAvenue.com so you can join us the next time we have a player as a guest and be part of other fun events that feature USF student-athletes. Without further ado, let's get into the show. So we're going to get the show started. Um, we got Daniel Cantu as our special guest. Um, before we get to that, though, I, I did want to give Corey uh, an opportunity to talk about the Fowler Avenue Collective and, and the work that they're doing. Yeah, hey, we, we appreciate you guys having us having us on and that we're able to kind of have this great partnership. It's, it's, it's awesome. It, it's great that we can start to engage now with you know, people are just athletes that are not just football, right? That was always our goal is, you know, touch as many teams and as many athletes as, as humanly possible with the budget constraints that we've, that we've been given and, and, and to do it in, in a way that works for everybody. So, you know, to be able to jump on here with you guys and see Daniel on here and kind of bring some things to fruition that, you know, Daniel and, and me and some of his, his teammates talked about a few weeks ago to see it kind of come to light, you know, and, and I know a lot of our membership, like, like Nancy, who just joined us, has been asking, you know, let's do stuff with baseball, right? And and we always said, well, let's find a great funding mechanism to do it. Um, so one of the really unique things and, and cool things that we've done recently, you know, because our collective is operating in a way where, you know, we're taking in fan dollars every single month through monthly subscriptions, starting at $10, going up to $500 a month. Um, you know, we can take one-time contributions. We have corporate partners coming in. Um, by the day, we're going to roll some more out uh, tomorrow, which we're excited about. It's going to be a, a local wing company is coming on board and going to be another corporate sponsor. So we're excited about that. We're working with another big national brand here coming up soon. But really, at the end of the day, we said, how do we how can we tap into specific dollars for specific sports? And we found the pledge to win program, which is amazing. And I think it offers an opportunity for people that maybe don't want to have a monthly membership or they want to make sure their dollars are going specifically to a certain sport, uh, to a specific team um, and not going to the general kind of revenue fund. And I think the pledge to win is, is the way to do it where someone can now pledge as little as, you know, 25 cents, but up to a thousand dollars for a home run or a win or a strikeout. I think that's super exciting. And it really does allow us the opportunity to say, okay, great. Well now, you know, I've got a fund just for baseball. I've got a fund just for softball. I've got a fund now just for women's basketball. And, um, you know, one of the cool things that we're going to roll out here, working on some stuff for the spring football game, is some fan interactions during the game where you're actually going to be able to click right and right through through the, the, the USF Bulls app and say, hey, can you pledge $7 for a touchdown today for next season, right? I think those are really cool, fun, interactive things. But it allows us to to go out and, and and work with athletes like Daniel and his teammates, and um, you know, we'll say it here. I mean, we're we're excited that you know as part of these these contracts that we're we're doing with these young men um, and women, you know, we're able to now roll out. Not only Daniel was our first baseball player, but we're gonna roll some of his teammates. You know, we've got Jackson coming on board, Catherine. We have Hunter Mink, and we're gonna have Caleb be rolling out here tomorrow as our next round of ambassadors. And part of that is going to be a meet and greet at Bowl A next week. So we're excited about that. So now, again, we can have this fan interaction. Um, and these are these are dollars that we're seeing directly from the pledge, right? So if Daniel's not hitting home runs and we're not winning baseball games, then, you know, we're not going to have too much funds to, to go out and hire them. But they are doing a, a, a bang-up job, especially the pitchers, and the home run hitting has been, been stellar. Um, so it gives us the opportunity to now work with these athletes. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, we, we're really happy to be partnering with you. Um, you know, this is something that we were going to be doing regardless, you know, interviewing players and the fact that we can uh, combine it with what you're doing and, and 
give even more benefit to the players is is really exciting for us too. So yeah, it, um, it leads into the and not to interrupt you, but you know it's funny. Nancy and I were talking earlier today, and she had asked me the question about maybe sometimes how how are these contracts structured? And you know we're we're doing them one of two ways to kind of give give the fans some and people listening some some clarity on it. You know sometimes we'll do what's you know kind of a one off contract or deal we we hire an athlete specifically for something right for for a meet and greet or for a podcast like this but or, or sometimes we could do these more you know in-depth ambassador contracts and agreements and say hey you know for x amount of dollars we're going to ask you to do these couple things so you know some of these, these guys like daniel they're going to be doing a couple social media posts for us and daniel did one already as, as an ambassador promoting the collective and our partnership but also coming on the podcast you know this is check one right for compliance and everything else and then check two will be going to bowl a and doing a meet and greet with fans right so we, we do have you know these contracts structured in a way where the fans are getting a return because they're actually seeing their dollars at work and actually going to interact with these fans in, in a fun and unique way so you know that that's just kind of shedding some light on the background of, of how these contracts and, and everything is structured and operating it yeah that's good to know Thank you, Corey. Um, I'm going to introduce uh, Daniel. Um, you know, he, he's been with the program now. This is his uh, fourth year Fourth year with the Bulls. Um, he was a 2021 most outstanding player in the AAC tournament, uh, helped USF win their first baseball conference title in 26 years, um, helped Bulls make it to their first ever Super Regional. Uh, I looked this up today. You have 584 career plate appearances as a Bull. So you've uh, you put put the work in, man. Um, got a career 825 OPS, uh, 18 home runs. He's tied for the team lead in home runs with uh, four this season. Um, so, Daniel, how, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Excited to be back on the pod. Yes, sir. We're glad to have you. Uh, you know, the last time we talked, um, you know, we had Drew, um, you know, kind of like a season preview. Um, but now, you know, we're kind of already kind of deep into the season, which is crazy to say, uh, you know. Um, so I was curious uh, for you um, so far with the season, you know, what 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 are you like most happy with, like for like yourself, just how you've done? And then what what's kind of been like the biggest challenge and that you're still working on that you want to go going forward? Um, personally, I would say um, I'm a happy not happy but content with my consistency I would say I've been pretty consistent most of the season but I know that I can do better and avoid like streaks of no hits and no RBIs like I'm just trying to do as much to help the team win every day I get to step out on the field you know so um the biggest challenge is definitely like trying to produce to help this team win. Like I, I just try and go and do my thing and do as much for the team as I can and just leave it all out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you've been playing really well. I mean, we had a fan comment submitted. Just wanted, he said, I got no questions for Daniel. Just want to tell him, you know, it's been fun to watch him play this season. I was like, you know, it, it's been fun to watch you, man. You know, you're always hustling out there. Um, you know, and we talked like before the season, how, you know, you wanted to be more, even more of a leader this, this year, you know, how, how has that been going for you in terms of like working on your leadership with the team? It's been going better. Um, but I've also had a lot of help behind me with, um, a lot of guys stepping up, you know, being leaders as well and just assisting me and just trying to get this team together and get rolling, you know? Yeah. It's not, I've it's seen not it's not just a one – it doesn't have to be just a singular person. Like, there are a bunch of guys on this team who are leaders as well who have stepped up and really contributed and trying to uh, bring this team together. Yeah. When you think of, like, from a vocal standpoint of, like, you know, somebody that – let's say, I don't know, you're down a couple of runs, somebody that can kind of rally the dugout, like, or you know, maybe even when you're on the field, someone that's kind of, like, always giving those encouraging, like, Who's kind of been like stepping up maybe in that regard, kind of vocally? As of right now, I would say Nelson Rivera. He has not been – he's been out a little bit, like in and out because of injury. 
and he's really stepped up as that like vocal leader on the bench trying just trying to stay on everyone get everyone involved and get that energy going in the dugout you know yeah that's really good to hear I mean I I really love watching Nelson play his whole career like even when he was a freshman you know as a catcher you could tell when you guys made that run he was already kind of like you know following in Jake Sullivan's footsteps kind of being a leader as a catcher um so that's that's really great to hear um I had some like kind of like other questions that came in people wanted to kind of learn some more personal things about you um so on that side, uh, who who is your who is your favorite baseball team, and, and why? Oh boy, my favorite baseball Ma- team. major major league team. We know we know your favorite college team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm, I mean, my I I root for the Cubs and the White Sox because my parents. My mom's a Cubs fan. My dad's a White Sox fan. So I support both, and I've grown up liking both of them. So I'm always rocking Cubs or White Sox stuff. Like I just always I I follow both teams. So nice. And this is kind of a follow up to that question that they asked. Um, If if you could get drafted by one team, I know of course you'd probably be happy to sign any any major league team, of course. Um, but if you if you just had your pick and you're like I'm going to that franchise I'm playing for them who who would it be? Oh boy, I mean obviously I would take anyone to take a chance on me, but oh, oh let's I I don't know if I can even answer that. Like I just would want someone I, to anyone. I think that's a good question. I think that's, that's a good answer. I think it's a good answer. Yeah, you know it's it's really not a bias. It's it's for, I think you know you want that chance. Yeah, uh, it's just like someone take a chance on me, like, you know. For sure. You know what's funny? Like, I, 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 when I watch you play, um, you kind of remind me of of Bryson Worrell from ECU last year. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you I know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he's a guy that like, I don't know. Like, he played four years of college baseball, and he did. He was like a a really good producer, like yourself, but he didn't get drafted. But then he actually ended up signing a free agent contract, you know, with the Atlanta Braves. So, yeah. you know, you, you know, you never know, you know, you just got to keep doing what you can um, and you're doing a good job of that. So, but yeah, that's a, that's a good answer. Um, so another question, another question I had was uh, what, what are some of your uh, favorite things to do off the field, not playing baseball? What, what's kind of like your, your hobbies? Hmm. Um, I love, I mean, obviously I like to golf. We've been golfing before. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually haven't gone golfing in a while, but I, me and Joey, me and Joey Vellini, we golf all the time together. Like that's my, that's me and Joey are like golf partners. We always trying to go golfing or something. Nice. I was actually, supposed, I was actually supposed to go on Monday, but we were supposed to have practice, but then Mole canceled practice out of nowhere, so we ended up not being able to go because just confusion, but. <laughs> um yeah golf i love movies i love watching i i'm a big movie guy i, I okay. just really enjoy movies um i like just being outside doing stuff i like working out a lot i'd say working out i'm working out a lot <laughs> <laughs> i go fishing occasionally with the minks as well we got a couple honey holes around uh tampa around usf so we do we do that occasionally nice i think john had a question just try and do anything like with the team like we just i always want to be hanging out with the with the boys so that's awesome john do you have a question uh yeah i'm not going to ask where the honey holes are but um (laughs) i have a couple questions about i know those are top secret but regarding golf do you uh do you swing lefty or righty righty Really? That's why I asked. What a weirdo, dude. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> okay. Swing a baseball, uh swing a baseball bat is the only thing I do left-handed. See, I write righty, I throw righty, but I bat and golf lefty, so I figured I'd ask. Um yeah, and then weird. what about your uh favorite courses in the area? Oh, um Heritage Isles. I love me and Joey love Heritage Isles. It's like it's like kind of in Wesley Chapel, I wanna say. It's like 15 minutes from here, but 
the greens are per the greens are really good. The playing conditions are really good, and uh, they used to be cheaper, but now it's I don't know. Golf prices have gone up, so it's a little bit more expensive. So we don't go there as much. But um, trying to see where else have I gone? I've played Heritage Isles before. It's right around the corner for me. It's really nice. Yeah, I like it a lot. A lot of wildlife too, because I spend a lot of time when I'm golfing in the woods. So yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of the wildlife when I golf too. So it's perfect. For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, but we, I, I told myself I would, I would never play the claw again because the claw is just, it's rough, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's for sure. <laughs> you better bring rough. like twenty golf balls with you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Last time I played there, I think I lost like 13 of them. So, yeah. That's, That's the front nine for me, fellas. <laughs> yeah, the nice. claw is, is, is tough. Tight, yeah. tight. Uh-huh. Nice. Um, I also wanted to ask you, Daniel, um, kind of also about the clubhouse, like teammates. Um, you talk about leaders. And I know we kind of touched on this in the last podcast, like who's a, who's a funny guy, whatever, class clown. But like who's who kind of like helps like in season, maybe as the season has progressed, like who kind of helps keep the team like loose? Like who's like kind of keeping the atmosphere light, um, kind of just keeping everybody in, in a good mind state? Um, right. Uh, John Montez, for sure. Really? John, John, <laughs> is, John keeps everyone loose and like, very, yeah, definitely John. Nice. I uh, I saw him hit a double the other day and he was just like, shaking his hips and i'm like what is is going on right now (laughs) yeah 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 john john's that guy to keep everyone loose and you know giddy and everyone's cracking jokes around john and yeah he's a great teammate great guy nice that's good to hear and that kind of leads me to actually another question about your teammates um you know i was going to ask you who who give me maybe one person i know it's kind of tough because a lot of guys have done well but like maybe tell me like a freshman that has impressed you. And then I was going to ask you for like a veteran, like somebody that you played with for a while. And then maybe even talk about one of the transfers, somebody new that came in and transferred. So three um, names. I have two freshmen, Rafi Betancourt and Eric Snow. Rafi, like he sat for like three or four weeks and he got his shot and he ran with it. Like, kids on fire right now and he's such a great kid like super humble he just goes out there and works hard every day and um he's doing a great job right now and uh eric obviously we we knew eric was going to be a good player for us um but he's done a he's done a really good job and i think he can step it up even more i know what kind of talent that kid has um and then veteran i would say cal cal has really really turned it on he's doing a really good job he's super confident he's become a really good leader on this team and uh he's just confident doing his thing and everyone trusts him and he knows that he can go in there and bail us out or give us a couple innings no matter what the situation he's always up for the task Oh, transfer. Let's see. Um, I know Travis has done – he's done pretty good. Um, he's holding it down really good at third base, and his bat is is really clutch at times. And uh, Skeen. Skeen's a really good bullpen arm out of the pen. Like, he's – his stuff is really good. Yeah, I feel like he's kind of made for that bullpen role because he can come in and just let it loose for an inning or two. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. And the the energy and electricity he brings is it's top notch. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Those are good, those are good names. Good names for yeah. sure. Um, cool. Well, I really appreciate all that insight. Um, I kind of wanted to open it up uh for anybody else on the call. Um, questions. Um it's open for anybody. I ask this on every single one. By the way, hi everyone. Hey. What's your favorite type of food and what restaurant? Oh god, favorite type of food. Okay, so and if you pick Cuban, I'm going to judge you so hard. <laughs> <clears throat> um 
Well, I had wings today, and I I love wings. Like, I just I'd say wings or pizza. I I love. I could eat pizza for every one of my meals. Like, it's my kryptonite. I love pizza. Um. Oh, let's see. Where's a good pizza around here? I don't know, but my mom makes a great homemade pizza. That's all I know. On Sunday nights, she would make it back home for me and the family, and it is just stellar. Really? So, so is that like just a round pizza or like Sicilian style or like how is she doing it? It's like she just makes it homemade pizza. She gets like the fresh dough from Publix and then everything else is like fresh ingredients. Nice. That's yeah. So, so there's a place that most people won't know that's right by my house. Bears in Flor in North Florida. Okay. Uh, it it's in that crappy Big Lots parking lot. There's a place. All it says is like pizza or pizzeria. Okay. It's called Alfonso's Pizzeria. Alfonso's. It's, it's been around since like 1970 something, and like a a father started it. Now the son runs it. It is by far the best pizza in Tampa. All right, off to give it a try. Go ahead, man. Um, so since the last time we spoke with you, Daniel, how's your game evolved? Like, you know, from last season to this season, what what are some things that, you know, you think you're doing differently, um, you know, in this new season? Oh, I mean, I think I'm being really aggressive and I'm able to swing at a lot more mistakes over the plate that the pitchers are making. Like I'm looking I'm trying to be aggressive when I go up there and I'm trying to get a good pitch to hit. And if he leaves a mistake over the play, I'm going to try and hammer it. Nice. Really cool. Awesome. That's what I got. Nancy, did you have anything? So I had to drop off and then come back on. So I don't know what I missed. Um, but one of, one of the questions I have is, Daniel, how are you feeling at first base versus outfield? I don't know if that um, was asked already. Was how are you adjusting? I love – I actually really like first base a lot. Um, I think I've done a pretty good job there. But I, I also do love right field as well. Um, I don't know. I've fought – I've – right field has my heart, but I, I – I, <laughs> I do love first base. <laughs> yeah, I was I was I was just so used to right field, like that was like my home. That was just like my own little island. I could just go <laughs> run and do my thing. But I definitely like being at first and being really involved in the game and being able to have the pitchers back and just being that energy in the in the infield for all the guys. Good. Nice. Anybody I, I got, I got, yeah, I got go one. For, I'm going to go, go back. I'm going to go, I'm going to parlay off of, uh, off of Adam, my friend Adam over here. So based on the last name, you're talking about homemade pizzas and this and that as a, as a, as an Italian myself, I think we got a couple of Italians on here. What's, what's the Cantu? What's, what's the family name? Is, is the family Italian? Yeah. You know, what's the, the, what's the background? Yeah. The last name is Italian. All right. Figure as much with the vowel like that at the end. Yeah. You know, you yeah. Got a lot of vowels in there. So, I mean, if it's if you're making pizza on Sundays, it's sauce or is it gravy? It's sauce. I agree. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I agree. Nice. Pass the what Italian is gravy. <laughs> what is gravy? Y'all got to explain that to me. Some some a lot of Italians call gravy the sauce gravy, right? It's it's just tomato sauce, but usually, you know, to me. I'll I'll let it slide if someone says gravy is like a Sunday gravy, like with the meatballs and the sausage and the pork and everything in the sauce. Okay. Like it's like something like your grandma's cooking, you know, on the stove at like seven in the morning, banging pots and pans and slamming drawers while you're trying to sleep. And that you wake up at two o'clock in the afternoon and you get bread and dip. And that's sometimes people say that's Sunday gravy or Sunday sauce. So it's like a big, it's a big thing. But I'm glad I'm glad Daniel's on the same page though. It's it's definitely sauce. Is that sure. certain regions of Italy? And I only know that from watching uh, that Italy show with uh, what's his face, Stanley Tucci. <laughs> it's a good show, but underrated show, by the way. Doubt, definitely. I think it goes by regions, is is how they say uh, sauce and gravy. Well, I'm actually going to Italy in a couple months, so I will. I'll let you guys know. 
Oh, wow. That's so did awesome. you ask about the walk-up music yet? Oh, I did not. That's a great question. Okay. And I wanted to ask Daniel that. You know, so how, uh, as, you as fans, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, okay. uh, yeah, it's been, we, we hear your song and we're like, huh, that's, that's an interesting pick. Um, what's the story behind that? Uh, well, I wanted something more upbeat this year. I don't know why. I just thought I needed something more energetic. And um, see, I never, I, I've always wanted to do rap, but I never really thought that, like, I just never pulled the trigger on, on a rap song. I didn't really want to want to do it. So I just thought about something more like upbeat. Um, but I chose that song because it's like a song that I listen to all the time and it never gets old. Like I could play it throughout the whole day and like I would never get tired of it. So I was just like, you know what? This would be a good walk-up song. And I just, yeah. I, I just love it. What's your opinion on the original version? Like with, if it was like some band in the seventies, wasn't it? Have you, have you listened to that? Yeah, version? I've, I've heard it, but like, it's different. Uh, yeah, it's I like the I like my remix. <laughs> fair enough. Well, that's fair what enough. makes it nice because a lot of people know it. Yeah, I know because it's a so, it's a good mix. Generational, of, you know, right? New, new and old, you know. Yes, right, exactly. right. Yeah, that is not cool. that I'm old, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, my my parents approved, so they were like, yeah. they, they said they liked it. So I like that. Cool. 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 Uh, John, did you have anything for Dan? Um, <clears throat> to follow up on the walk-up song, I think it's the best on the team for sure. Like everybody in the crowd's vibing when you get up. Um, no, I uh, one thing I've been paying attention to is like our strength of schedule. You know, um, it's drastically different from last year, um, and that's come with good and bad. But uh, as of now, I mean, this like we're so somewhat early on in the season. Who's the best team that um, you guys have played as of yet and why? Well, um, I mean, Florida's Florida was a really good team, and they, they've always been a really good ball club, but they, they've definitely got a good team this year. Um, I bet anyone could say Florida by just by watching, but I would say a general consensus on the team would probably be Northeastern. Yeah, everyone was super shocked and impressed by Northeastern, even though Mold told us. And I have experienced it before. My freshman year, they came and did the same thing to us my freshman year and swept us in three games just like they did this year. And Mold, Mold told us, he's like, can't you can tell y'all they came and did the same. They came and did uh, came and swept us his freshman year. They're going to want to do the same thing. And they did. So. I mean, they, they're a good ball club. Everyone could probably say them, too. Everyone was really impressed by Northeastern. They actually just beat Boston College in a midweek, too. Yep, I saw that. Which is crazy. But, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm kind of – that's kind of what I was expecting to hear as well. They really shocked me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good answer. What was uh, what was the Long Beach State like? I mean, did, did you uh, have any interactions with that uh, the Rocco guy? I heard he's kind of like a hothead. Uh, Long Beach. Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, what's his name? Rock uh, Riggio or something? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Rocco Pepe. Uh, is yes, it? Rocco Pepe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Definitely, when he stepped in the box, everyone, everyone wanted to strike him out and, and get him out because he, he was like, he's their ringleader, so. Yeah, like he he carries a different type of energy, type of swagger with him for sure. Um, but Cawthorn, if you ask Cawthorn about a little uh, incident with him, he'll let you know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, he's he, yeah, everyone had it out for him for sure. Yeah. Um, how was like the trip, like just to California? Like, I guess for some of you guys, it was your first time in California. Like any, any thoughts on California or that experience? Um, well, on Thursday, I mean, we left super early in the morning, so it was a really long day, but when we got there, it was beautiful. And we got to tour 
the Dodger Stadium, and it was beautiful out, like gorgeous, like 65, 70 and sunny, like not a cloud in the sky, like perfect California weather. And everyone was in awe. They were like, this place is awesome. Like, this is so sweet. And, like, the Dodgers tour was amazing. Like, Mo hooked us up. He knew someone in the organization who got us um, in there, and they took us all around the whole stadium, ins and outs, and it was really cool. Um, but then the next couple of days were really crappy. Like, the weather sucked. But um, I think everyone – I mean, if we would have won more, we would have enjoyed it more. But the weather definitely was not the best. But I think everyone, it was a decent trip. If we would have won more, I definitely probably would have answered it differently. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. It was good to salvage that uh, that win, you know, on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was the first week that Jack Zeber like really stepped up and had like yeah. this really good start and you carried that over. So that's, that's really good to see. Yeah. No one, um, no one really had a good weekend there except for, for Jack. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. No one, no one had a good, had a good weekend there. Right. Really. Right. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I wanted to ask you, um, you know, and it's kind of a general question, but you know, what, what do you think is going to be, like some of the keys um, for the team, like going forward as you guys go into conference play um, to just really kind of have like the success that y'all, y'all want, like maybe what are a few focus areas, maybe give me like two or three areas that you feel like you guys are focusing on in practice or focusing on in team meetings. Like what is, what really it needs to like evolve for you guys to have more success? Well, today I'll just tell you what we were working on today in practice because it's definitely what we want to be moving forward is being more aggressive and trying to get more runs across and put more pressure on defenses by stealing more, bunting more. Um, Yeah, we were stealing and bunting a a lot tonight, and we were also working on, like, two strike approach, like people widening out, choking up being tougher with two strikes um, and then really just getting our a swing off, like just trying to barrel balls um, and hitters counts. Like we just, we're working on being more aggressive and putting more pressure on other teams. Cause we definitely have the offense to do that. And we really haven't been utilizing it much at all. I would say, I mean, maybe a little bit, but we could definitely amp it up, amp it up, which is what we were t- trying to do um going into this weekend and then going into conference play but um we just want to put together all phases of the game defense hitting pitching because there's been times where we've gone gone stretches where hitting's really good but our our pitching's not or our pitching's really good and our hitting's not like we just want to put it all together and when we do that, we know we're going to be a really dangerous team. That's great to yeah, hear. I mean, go ahead, Matt. Well, I, I got one more question. Um, so I, I'm kind of curious as what your uh, approach is to the first pitch of an at-bat. Um, and it's kind of a two-part question, but I kind of want to understand your your take on the first pitch of an at-bat. Um, well, I'm a – pretty aggressive hitter I like going up there ready to pounce on the first pitch if it's in an area that I like so I'm mainly looking middle away and up in the zone I would say and if they if they leave like a mistake up in the zone like I want to be able to be ready for it yeah I think the first pitch in any at bat's going to be probably you know one of the best pitches you see in, in yeah. the bat um, my dad, but, my dad has always, always preached that. Always be ready for the first pitch fastball and smack it up the middle. <laughs> yeah, always- the, you think that the uh, the team's approach as a whole? Do you think that you know they're aggressive enough on the first pitch, or do you think that you know there's some adaption to um, being more aggressive? That you kind of previously mentioned, you know, you guys were working on being more aggressive, but. Um, do you think that's part of, you know, getting to that point? Yeah, I think um, 
some people are more aggressive than others, but we're definitely trying to adapt to be ready and hunt that first pitch fastball and not missing it. So Nice. Yeah, it's funny you say that because, like, you see some guys that have been having some good success recently, like Montez and Betancourt. Uh, a lot of their hits have been coming early in the counts. Early, like they, yep. they go first pitch, second pitch. Um, so, you know, it's it's good to see that, you know, like how that how is working out for them. And yeah. it sounds like it sounds like your mindset is is pretty similar as well. But mm-hmm. um, so do we have any other questions from the group? Cool. OK, awesome. Well, Daniel, uh, we really appreciate uh, you being on tonight. It was a great catching up with you. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Of course, man. Thanks a lot, DC. Always love going on. Yes, sir. See ya. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, guys. See you, Daniel. See ya. So, again, kind of like last podcast, I asked uh, each of the guys to kind of think of some topics that, you know, just seem like good themes or talking points uh, from what we've seen in the last week. Uh, Since our last podcast, there's actually been six games, uh, the two versus Dartmouth, which was a midweek split. And then the Bulls got their first uh, weekend series win of the season. Uh, They beat Army two games to one, took the Friday and Saturday game before dropping the Sunday game. And then last night they were on the road at Florida Gulf Coast who's uh, got a really good team this year. They're ranked in the top 20. Uh, Bulls did a really good job pitching-wise to hold an explosive offense like that to only not to only uh, five runs when they're averaging roughly 10 runs a game. Um, but the Bulls' offense just really couldn't click fully like they wanted to. Uh, they only scored three runs, uh, so they ended up losing that game. So the Bulls are 3-3 three and three in their last six. Um, you know, there's been some – positive developments um you know some things that still need to be improved but you know with all that being said i'm just going to kind of turn it to uh john who and, and see what's on his mind what does he want to talk about from the last week um yeah so i would say that uh kind of like dc was saying earlier it's, it seems like when one when, when one cylinder is firing another one's not you know and um Unfortunately, last week we we were able to pitch pretty well. As a staff, we had a 3.8 ERA last week. Um, And, you know, we just uh, were starting to see kind of continued progressions from certain key names. Um, For starters, I would say uh, Jack Siebert. You know, he's been um, lights out. He's had uh, two straight quality starts, you know, where he's gone against great opponents and, um, really just flashed great stuff. Um, I've been super impressed with him. I've been on his bandwagon since the get, and um, I'm doubling down on him now. Um, and also um, a new face that has kind of started to make a name for himself is uh, Lawson Gailey, you know, um, over his last two appearances, which I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they were both uh, midweek starts. Um, he's seven and a third. He's given up nine hits and two earned, um, only walking two people in the meantime and striking out four. He's really got a great arsenal, and a lot of his pitches have life, so he's really depending on, you know, pitching to contact and pitching into the hands of our best asset, in my personal opinion, our defense. So um, work smarter, not harder, and he's he's been doing really, really well. Another guy I want to bring up is uh, Cal Punsack. He's had uh, six straight appearances with no earned runs. Um, he's got a 2.0 ERA on the season and only three walks all season long. So um, we've been talking about that in terms of uh, limiting walks because the walks have have a nasty habit of opening up innings to end up being something that they never should have been in the first place. So um, over his last two, he's gone four innings pitch, only given up a one hit, two two Ks and uh, no earned, no walks. Um, so he's really establishing himself as that one of those uh, key arms that we projected him to be at the beginning of the season. Um, Tanner Mink, you know, three straight appearances with zero earned runs as well. Um, he's really – Cal and Tanner have really both kind of established themselves as um, solid bullpen guys for us. And um, – I really like what I'm seeing out of Austin Grouse as well. I think he's got two straight appearances with no earned runs. So 
we're starting to see some of the guys that we were depending on early on really start to come back too. And it's going to be interesting to see everything when it's firing on all cylinders. Yeah, for sure. I think another guy, I'm not sure if you mentioned uh, Justin Jackson uh, has been uh, pretty outstanding out of the bullpen as well. Um, You know, last night um, down in Fort Myers, he came in, I think he worked uh, one and a third, kind of just kept FGCU off the board. I think he struck off, struck out like two or three people. Um, You know, there was a scout down there from perfect game that was, um, citing some of his numbers, fastball up to 87 from the left side, you know, with his deceptive delivery and the fact that he's able to mix in a, a slider and a changeup as well. Um, you know, he's he's got incredible mound presence for a true freshman. You know, he looks like he's got like a just very calm demeanor. And, um, you know, he's been great, great to watch uh, on the mound as well. Um but yeah, for our next, uh, or actually, um, so I want to turn it over to to Matt. Um, you know, what what did you kind of want to talk about from the week? Yeah, I really want to talk about some of the positive things that we're seeing on offense, and kind of going back to something I mentioned on our previous podcast, and when we predicted, uh, you know, multi home run games, I actually uh, came one home run shy of that. Um, the two guys last week that hit home runs were John Montez and Daniel Cantu. Uh, obviously, uh, John Montez had an unbelievable week with his walk-off home run and also the, the game-winning home run uh, just a, a day later. Um, but that that walk-off home run, that was a, a pretty special moment. Um, you know, I, I really think that it's going to pay dividends as the season progresses. I think it's going to be, you know, a, a firing point for the guys, I think. Um, you know, when you just see how much uh, joy and excitement the whole team had when he hit that home run, uh, you know, he hit that thing probably 440 feet, pulled it dead right field. Uh, it was it was a mammoth shot. Um, and then, you know, he follows that up a day later with a one straight to dead center, uh, crushed that one too, the deepest part of the ballpark. Um you know, I, I think moments like that is going to pay dividends as the season progresses because, you know, if you have guys with that type of fire in them and, um, you know, it just shows to their teammates, you know, that they care and how much uh, passion that they have for this team. Uh, besides that, you know, Daniel, he uh, hit that home run opposite field, really similar to what he did in Austin, Texas a couple years ago, probably the same exact flight path. Um, so, you know, Daniel doing what Daniel does, uh, hit those opposite field home runs. I think, uh, besides that, Drew Britcher's really starting to come around too. uh, finally got his average up to, uh, 300 for the year, which, you know, it was only a matter of time for him. You know, he's been heating up for the past couple of weeks and he's gonna, you know, keep progressing. And I think his approach is getting a lot better at the plate as the season goes on. And, uh, yeah, overall, I, I feel like there's some really strong points of this team. And kind of going back to, you know, you what you've mentioned earlier and what Daniel mentioned is we just need to get all cylinders firing. And I, I think particularly within the offense, um, you know, we have guys that, you know, go hot for a couple of weeks and guys that were hot start to get cold. Um, you know, I, I would really like to begin to see some cohesion where, you know, guys that we know can step up actually step up when other guys are stepping up. So, you know, instead of your lineup being four or five guys deep, you know, having a lineup that's six, seven, eight, nine guys deep, um, you know, I think that's when we we ultimately start to win a lot more ballgames. Yeah, I think that's those are great points, Matt. I think, you know, this team, it, it really wants to establish a more consistent offensive identity, like just have something they can hang their hat on where, like, you know, they feel like they can score three, four, five, six runs per game the hard way if they have to. And if the offense, everything clicks, you know, that's a that's a night where you score maybe nine, 10, 11 runs. Um, but, you know, they, they really want to get rid of these like clunkers, you know, where it's like one run, one run. Um, you know, if you think about last week, uh, if you just think about the five games last week, you know, they, they went three and two. If you talk about Dartmouth and Army. And the two games that they lost, 
they scored one run in each game. You know, when you only score one run in a game, you really have no chance to win in college baseball, at least. Um, and that's that's what they kind of got to get rid of, you know, is is that. And from what Daniel says that they're working on in practice, you know, they're working on, um, you know, being more aggressive, um, you know, tightening up that two strike approach really, you know, making sure that there's an emphasis on, 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 you know, contact. It sounds like they're really working on the right things, you know? And uh, I think, I think that's really good to hear. And um, I think just another way to, for them to get that offensive consistency they're looking for is it's like you said, you know, having consistent contributions from everybody, like, you know, it's one thing to have a week, where maybe let's say you batted 300, you maybe you went like six for 20 or something. And that's, and that's actually pretty good. You batted 300, but you know, if four of those hits came in one game and then the other four games or the th other three games, you only had two hits, you know, that's not going to help, help the team as much. Um, so you really want to kind of spread out your production and, and bring something positive that helps the team win each game as opposed to like, hot and cold so i think also that kind of goes back to something else and that's being able to score runs early in the game um because you know i think where the game is really won or losses in the those first one two three or in two one one two or three innings because um you know you look at you know if you get down four or five runs early in the game it puts you in a pretty big hole and our team has come around and you know won some of those games this year but I think if we could start doing that to opposing teams and, you know, really put some pressure on, you know, every facet of their team, I think that's, uh, you know, going to be a really important thing going forward is, is to, you know, really put those runs on the boards. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I can't finish the conversation about the offense without, you know, mentioning a, a couple other guys that have done pretty well lately. Um, you know, Travis Sankovich actually had a really good week last week. Um, uh, in the five games that we mentioned, he went, he batted 412. Um, he, he drove in a run, you know, he's, he's kind of showing that clutch bat that he showed in opening weekend against Maryland. He was, he completely burst onto the scene, you know, that first weekend and, he continued to play great defense, but his back kind of got quiet. So it was really good to see him heat up last week, you know, bat over 400 for the week. Um, you know, I think that's a sign of of things to come for him because, you know, he's got a good approach and he's a veteran fifth year player uh, of college baseball, you know, so he's, he's, he knows what to do and it's set and it feels like he's, he's really uh, coming around in a positive way. Um, but, you know, I feel like the big story from the week, is uh, since our last podcast, <clears throat> I don't think anybody could have predicted this because this man had not even played in a base in a college baseball game in his entire career until literally the day that our podcast was published last Tuesday against Dartmouth. Uh, Raphael Betancourt, the true freshman, um, just absolutely burst onto the scene. Uh, on Tuesday in his college debut against Dartmouth, he had three base hits. Um, you know, he's a, we, we talked about him in the season preview that he's an interesting prospect for the Bulls. He's a switch hitter. You know, I mentioned that I like the fact that he's already came into college with a good physique, a good frame, um, good size to him. You know, he looks like he's college ready coming out of high school and he proved that he is, you know, um, you know, last week he he had all his hits. He's barreling up balls. I mean, even last night against Florida Gulf Coast, um, he had two base hits. I think his average for the season is in the high 300s. Um, you know, now he's played six games. But it's not only that. It's, it's the way he approaches the game. You know, every at bat, you could tell that he's up there with purpose and that he's looking to barrel a ball early in the count. You know, I looked at the, he has seven hits so far in his young career and out of four of those hits came on either the first or second pitch. 
and the, and the other three hits came on the fourth or fifth pitch. So, I mean, he, he's, he's aggressively attacking early in counts and he's only struck out, I think twice in roughly like 20 something plate appearances, which is a great low strikeout rate beneath 10%. That's awesome to see. And, and I attribute that a lot to the fact that he is aggressive early in counts and, even sometimes when he hasn't gotten a base hit, I mean, he has barreled balls like to the deep outfield, warning track, um, you know, just line drive, ropes. Um, this kid is is really been very impressive. Um, and his emergence for the rest of the season could be could be really, really good for the Bulls. But um, are on Tuesday when he had his first uh first hit against Dartmouth <clears throat> and I would like to know if they ever actually ended up getting him the ball because the entire dugout was sitting there like ball 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 but then the pitcher got it back so quickly from the uh I forget, one of the middle infielders that uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I never found out if they ended up getting him the ball but I really hope that they did because yeah um that was an incredible incredible game for him like every ball that came off the bat was it it, it turned your head like it it got your attention they were screaming off the bat so i'm really excited to see what you can do yeah that's no, it's gonna be awesome to see him the rest of the year he walks um, what's that he's only he's only had two strikeouts but he's also has two walks too so yeah it's that's, that's, that's prime that's prime um all right guys well that kind of does it for our show um you know we appreciate everybody listening as always Bulls have uh, three home games this weekend against VCU uh, before they go on the road. Um, they'll be on the road next week at Bethune-Cookman for a midweek, and then they open conference play at UCF. Uh, we're going to have a watch party. This has not Who been announced. This has not I've been announced yet. <laughs> the University of something, Florida. Um, Florida, got it. Yes, yes. Um so more details to come on the watch party that I mentioned. There will be a tailgate for this Saturday's home game. Um, other than that, thank you everybody again for listening, and we'll talk to you all soon. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.